Sean is a fresh of breath air. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It, it, it kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank it's, you for that. Stitching, you that, got it. Thank you. Hey, Dean, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 84 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self rated podcast about sports entertainment and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us on Twitter, on Instagram at Witty Sports 716. Follow everything Built in Buffalo is doing, all the content they're giving you every single day. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, at Built in Buffalo underscore. Check us out. We are your hosts. Of course, I am Matt Greco. He is Tony Ambrose. Tony, what is going on? And it's free agency. We'll pay for the linemen. And we'll pay the D-linemen. Free agents no more. Hello, Matt. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Witty Nation. A little St. Patty's Day ballad there. I like it. It is. It is a Wild Rover, my favorite Irish tune to celebrate on St. Patrick's Day when I'm looking for a little bit of cultural appropriation to mix <laughs> it up. a fitting day for that. <laughs> that is true, especially with all the recent Bills news that we cannot wait to talk about. Basically unrelated, but... You know what I cannot get behind for St. Patrick's Day? The green beer. Take me there, Matt. Green I beer. Do, I can't do different colored food items. Mm. For example, Heinz came out with a green ketchup. And I know it tasted mm. the same, but just mentally, mm-hmm. I can't get there <laughs> with green beer, green ketchup, anything that is not the normal color in terms of food or drink item, I can't wrap my head around. Something like mentally just blocks me from from liking it. And I know it tastes the same. I know it's the exact same thing other than the color, but maybe I'm just Mm. off like that, Tony. We are opposites. If if you give me a gimmick for St. Patrick's Day or for another holiday of the sort, I say, I appreciate your attention to detail. I will enjoy this that much more because I know it is the same, but it tastes a little bit different. This is also possibly an allegory for free agency in general. (laughs) Put them in different colors, but are they the same player? We'll we'll find out here later on (laughs) as we get into free agency. Tony, is your bracket busted yet? We're in the thick of it. March Madness has started. What what's the day though? Like St. Patrick's Day, March Madness starting, the ultimate blow off day if you're a sports fan, right? It truly is. That was all the buzz in the St. Patrick's Day celebrations I was indulging in. As everyone was saying, compete. There's so many competing events happening right now. How can we even survive? Right. And exactly. to, to that, a I say, game tonight I don't too. Know. There's a Sabres game there's... right now. One nothing Edmonton. Okay. Well, wow. Thank goodness. Um, my bracket is already busted. Iowa, Kentucky might lose here as, as we're speaking. It's tied up right now with St. Peter's. Shout out to Maction, double A Maction. Love um, that. I will always hope for Max success more than my own success. You are a champion of the regional teams. That's one of the nicest um, compliments anybody's ever given me. Thank you very much. Oh, then you're welcome. 
March Madness is great. All the tropes come out. We got the camera loving kids crying. That's one of my favorite March Madness go-tos. The kids crying in the audience after the team they support mm. loses. The cameraman eats it up, much like... What was that one NBA year when the cameraman was just shooting to girls in the audience? It was like a Lakers series. And the cameraman was just... The every time there was a break... girls. Yeah, like every time there was a break, the cameraman would find someone in the audience who was like Playboy model or something. It was the oddest thing. But NCAA cameraman love kids crying. We have various trends last year. It was goofy white players with weird facial hair. This year, it's goofy white players with facial hair with headbands on. Mm. I think that that's a big trend. It's like straight out of an 80s fitness video. Is that coming back? I need a redo of I Love the 80s just to see if this stuff is coming back. Matt, you're asking the wrong guy because in my world, it never left, baby. You love the uh, I love the 80s. I love the 90s VH1 specials, didn't you? Not what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say, Tony, you love the sweatband. And I was going to say, yeah, you're right. I do wear a sweatband way more than is necessary in my life based on what I'm doing. But yes, I do. What are you doing? Mainly nothing. Mainly sitting on the couch (laughs) watching sports. But well, I I shouldn't even say watching, but sitting on a couch while sports is on in the background while I'm endlessly refreshing Twitter, but there's a vigorous activity. You sweat a lot. (laughs) Oh, I I guess so. Yeah. Hydration (laughs) is a constant cycle goes in, it goes out, but that era of VH1. Yes. I would say that in my world, that era of VH1 was the high point of VH1. I love, I love the eighties. I love the nineties. I enjoyed moderately. I love the seventies when it evolved into best week ever really like that. Yeah, that was as good as it got. And lest we not forget uh, that era of VH1 reality shows, Surreal Life. Sign me up for Surreal Life all day, every day. Bunch of has-been celebrities living together in a house. Yes, please. That that was a good one. I was much more VH1 dating shows, like Flavor of Love, Real Chance of Love, I Love New York. Talk about F-list celebrities. Well, if you really want to talk about that, I think it's safe to say we all learned a lot from Stephen B. Ward and his string oh, of reality, yes. the Ward family string of reality shows on VH1. Wasn't it like him and his mom? Of course it was him and his mom, two of the premier yeah. matchmakers in America. That was really a spinoff of the ultimate VH1 reality show, The Pickup Artist, which we've discussed on well, this podcast. In many ways times. it was. It was. It just depended on what era of your life are you in? What are you going to relate to? Are you looking for love or are you looking for lust? Well, good news. VH1 on Sunday nights has you covered either way. Premium programming. It truly Um, was. Tony, speaking of lust, uh, Sister Jean is back in the NCAA (laughs) tournament. You know, in my mind, as soon as you said speaking of lust, I knew full well, like something good is coming. Yes. And you didn't disappoint. You brought out Sister Jean. Of course. (laughs) How could you not? She's the spry age of 217 (laughs) years old this year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she just will not... uh, well, it will not go away. So that means Sister Jean will not go away. And I didn't want to say Sister Jean will go away directly because that's very dire. So I'm not mm. going to say that. I'm going to say this the is team this is in the school already becoming a problematic so episode. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast earlier this week that said uh, they pulled an Avril Lavigne with Sister Jean. They replaced her with a younger wow. version. <laughs> the younger version at 78. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Throw, throw a blanket over that wheelchair. You're set. I can't tell the difference. I would say so, but I can't advocate for this. I am pro Sister Jean. You are. 
I truly am. I, I think Sister I am Jean too. brings a lot to the too. table. She's a great figure. Yeah, that's exactly what she is. She's a wonderful figurehead. If I went to that school, it would be the foundation of my pride. I would be all over the Sister Jean mania. Um, you would have so many pictures with Sister Jean. Oh my gosh. It would be, it would sick. be, it'd be I would, sickening. If we went to that school, like during our era of college, where you could measure your social weight, I guess, based on what kind of influence you were bringing on Facebook. Now for you kids right. that are listening, this is at a time where Facebook was the only social media. And, and only allowed to college students. Yes, and only allowed to college students at EDU. If you weren't at EDU, you weren't. <laughs> you were not part of the Will Ferrell fan club group. No, that's what I'm saying. Groups were everything. And I would have created that Sister Jean fan club group so fast. And I know it would have been the most popular group on campus. And I would have been oh, such hot because I was the creator of that group. And that's a little window the into college in 2005. <laughs> You're doing the man on campus. Mm, that's right. Thanks to Sister Jean, just riding her coattails. Sister Jean MySpace page. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Well. Just riding her coattails at a, at a slow two miles an hour, whatever she's moving. <laughs> right. Yeah. Riding her coattails on the uh, oh shit, rascal. Riding her the coattails, being right behind the rascal, like I'm <laughs> water skiing the rascal. Uh, that's enough, Sister Jean. We're getting in trouble here. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. The, the the SEC is coming at us full force mm. as we speak. Their big sister Jean um, stands. Of course. Who's not? As we've established. Tony, right. March Madness, brackets are busting. You know who else is busting? Bills fans are busting with the moves Brandon Bean is making. Are you ready to get into this crazy week in Bills free agent frenzy? Well, ready? Time will tell. Excited? Hell yes. Good, good setup. All right, we will be back after the break. Take it away, Marv. Go, go. Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back. Tony, big week for Big Baller Bean with some big free agent signings and making big moves in the NFL, going for that big Lombardi trophy. Tony, before we get into all the moves Brandon Bean has made this week, because in Bean we trust, he can do no wrong. Every move is the greatest move ever <laughs> to a lot of Bills fans <laughs> and sometimes to us as well. But a lot of it's good coming from Bean this season so far. Let's take a trip down memory lane because you can't dream about where you're going till you remember where you've been. Tony, let's talk about some of our... I wouldn't even say least excited about free agent signings. I would say the ones we were excited about that disappointed us the most. Yeah. Tony, let's way. give two each to the listeners. I'll start because I got I got a big one and uh my my lights are on, but they might go out soon. I'm going lights out, Sean Merriman. <laughs> I was so excited for Sean Merriman. I don't know why. Maybe it was because his first three seasons in the league, he had double-digit sacks every season, including 17 sacks. I think he close to he was definitely top five in the league. I don't know if he led the league that year, but 17 sacks is third year in the league with the Chargers. I didn't know what we were getting back was a guy who played for the Bills five games and recorded one sack and probably was on the come down from a heavy usage of steroids during the San Diego days. I was never more disappointed than what Sean Merriman gave to to the Bills uh, when he was in the red, white and blue. That's my first choice. I can tell you this. I absolutely loved Sean Merriman. When he came to the Bills, I was so pumped. I thought to myself, this is it. Not 
only are the Bills going to resurrect Sean Merriman's superstar career, but Sean Merriman's superstar career is going to resurrect the Bills. I was ready to buy a jersey in every color. I was ready. I was doing lights out just all over town. Just like when I saw people, (laughs) I would lights out in their face. I loved the Sean Merriman situation. And then for it to not pan out even remotely close to as I dreamed was a pretty hard fall. Yes. The Bills ate Crow on it so much. They released him in August of 2012, but still owed him $3 million for the year. So they had to bring him back in October. Right. <laughs> where he right. only played in 10 games. Like they didn't want to pay him not to play because it was such a horrendous signing. So they had to bring him back like midway through the season. Yeah. Just the ultimate worst signing. Yeah. The lights out like dance though. Everyone was doing that. And Bill's Mafia. I don't even know if it was Bill's Mafia back then, but Bill's fandom. You talk about viral trends like planking and whatever <laughs> else. Like that's the only one I can I can recall right now. Was one like acting like a statue, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, uh, the yeah, lights out dance. The, the lights out dance was the local viral hit, I think. In many ways it was. And don't forget about yeah, I can picture myself doing like the act like the statue, the frozen. I don't remember what it's called either. But it's like yeah. where everyone freezes and the camera just like kind of pans around. And don't Icing. forget about Andy's coming. <laughs> I love a good Andy's, Andy's coming. coming. Yeah, you know, Andy. Do you remember that? Who's one? Andy? No, from Andy Toy Dick? Story. Like you, would, no, like you would shout Andy's coming, and then everyone would just like go limp and fall to the ground like they were toys. Oh yes, I do remember that now. Also, the Harlem Shake. Oh yeah, Harlem Shake like was calm, definitely in that era, where everyone would be like calm, and then the beat would drop and. The video would switch to everyone acting chaotic and crazy. So many trends, but lights out takes the cake. Sean Merriman, my first choice. Tony, what's your first choice? Free agent science who disappointed you the most? Well, come on. I mean, I think that there's a lot of obvious choices at the leader of this team in a time when we were just thirsting desperately for someone to step up and be the hero that we didn't know we deserved. And there was a young, fresh arm coming from the tundra of Green Bay. And we thought to ourselves, oh, yeah, I've seen some things out of this guy. All it takes is a chance for him in the red, white, and blue, and he will be our savior. The next Jim Kelly is upon us, and his name is Craig Nall. And so we I was Craig super Nall, excited for Craig Nall. I was excited for Craig Nall. It seemed like the stage was set for a hero to emerge, for us to say, yes, clearly, Craig Nall just needs a chance, and he will prove himself to be a Pro Bowl quarterback perennially. And we were mistaken on that. We a little bit did not have the accurate scouting report uh, based on what we had seen and uh, of him in Green Bay. So that was happening. Um, so I have to say, Craig Nall, one of many quarterbacks, but really the one I think that epitomizes how desperate we were in that time of uh, oh, absolutely of quarter yeah of quarterbacks that we say oh maybe just maybe this is the hero upon us <laughs> just maybe. maybe i don't know if the bill i don't know if the bills misread his stat line in 2004 <laughs> when um he actually did get into uh five games for green bay but maybe they thought it was just one game because his stat line if it was just one game was incredibly good he went in five games keep in mind he went 23 for 33 314 yards four touchdowns no interceptions that's an amazing stat line for a single game so maybe the bills just front office ineptly just like misread that as not five games but one game and 
He really was like in an age where it seemed like every team was searching for that backup who could be elevated to starter, who was like that that Drew Brees player, right? Like Drew Brees was mm-hmm. a backup in San Diego, never got a chance. Saints took him on and he becomes a Super Bowl winner and has a Hall of Fame career. Everyone was looking for that Drew Brees, whether it was Matt Schaub or Bill's legend, Kevin Cobb, like a, a backup who whoa, whoa, whoa. don't say take... picks. Maybe I was going to say Kevin Cobb. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry if I spoiled that for you. I doubt yeah, you were. Right. If you're going to pick Craig Nall, yeah, I don't think you're going two quarterbacks, right? Um, you don't know. But me. I just think everyone is looking for that backup quarterback who Matt Flynn was like a bounce around the league as a guy who could maybe be a Matt Flynn is another one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Craig Nall definitely is in that category for me. I was super excited for it as well. It's like maybe it's this guy that our scouting department see something in that other teams aren't and we're ahead of the eight ball on this one but no it was not the case <laughs> no Tony no Maia. it wasn't but here we are no it wasn't yeah here we are and we got a franchise car back now here we are it all comes around tony my second choice i'm going back to the defensive side i'm going back to edge rushing for some reason i was very excited for this guy and looking back at it, i have no clue why i was super excited for mark anderson <laughs> maybe because it was the same year as we signed Mario Williams. And mm. I was just thinking, man, Mario Williams is an amazing signing. And now we're putting a guy who has had 12 sacks as a rookie for the Chicago Bears and then had 10 sacks for the Patriots the f- previous year before we signed him. No, <laughs> like it just didn't work. He was terrible. My only remembrance of mark anderson uh because i literally don't think he did anything for the bills i don't even know if he had a sack i did win an autograph football from him or signed by him i should it wasn't from him signed by him uh at a bills game so that's my fondest mark anderson memory which that's a nice uh, memory to yeah when it comes to impact on the franchise and the organization doesn't really hold hold any weight so sorry mark anderson you didn't do anything but I saw those numbers, those sack numbers from those two years, and I'm just like, yes, pair this guy with Mario Williams, and we got this one-two punch that is going to be dynamic. And like, I, I was super excited, but no, never happened. Mm. I, I probably should have like known, known from the most like generic the name ever. Right. At least I thought in the moment I was going to like Mark Anderson. But yes, I would say that is correct. That is certainly so. I mean, that's the essence of what this conversation is about, is a guy like Mark Anderson. We're ready to come exactly. in. We're ready to see Mark Anderson, uh, uh, Mark Anderson become the best version of himself in Buffalo. But this wasn't really the time of the of people becoming the best versions of themselves in Buffalo. Right. It was it was the opposite, quite frankly. Uh, right. Tony, your it second was the yeah, it was Okay. <laughs> As we're doing this, I'm finding a new article right now that is really inspiring feel, me ooh. of the of these free agent signings. So when you get I'm inspired, actually, you get inspired. Yeah, that's a pretty good point. So <laughs> okay, I'm actually going to say, so here's a player who is one of my favorites. And I think that what happens a lot with these players is like, you refuse to see that they're like kind of doing bad. And that was right. the case for me because I was don't constantly, def- yeah, I was constantly defending who in my eyes was an absolute stud superstar on this team, just rising above everybody else in red, white, and blue. And that's Percy Harvin. I was so oh, pumped when I- signed Percy Harvin. Good, good pick. Yes, I was, yeah, I was good too. And good pick. I was, yes. so I love Percy Harvin on the Vikings. And I spent too much time wishing that a guy like that could be a bill. And then 
Not only was a guy like that a bill, but that guy was a bill. And then, you know, he was all right. <laughs> he, yeah. played, he played his role. It wasn't anything special. I feel like most wide receivers could have played that role and it probably would have been fine. It was a man whose career was cratering. <laughs> and, uh, right. but boy, I was so excited when we signed for Seattle. I'm like, oh, well, that's it. We have a bona fide number one. This is basically the second coming of Andre Reid. And it wasn't. <laughs> it definitely was not. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it was like when we got like I loved him in Minnesota as you did. Like I loved him in Seattle. He I think he had a like dynamic kick return for like in the Super Bowl for them, mm-hmm. uh, if I remember correctly. But I was just gonna say, like, when we signed Percy Harvin, like I was really hoping and thinking we would get like everything we wanted Roscoe Parrish to be. Oh, that's a good way of putting it. Uh-huh. Yeah, everything Roscoe could have been we were going to get with Percy Harvin and we kind of got the, we kind of got a worse Roscoe Parrish. If you think about it, he only, just when, you, Percy just when old, you didn't know that description could hold up anywhere. Right. A worse Roscoe um, Parrish. <laughs> it holds up here. Yep. In this case, he only totaled 21 catches from the bills in his, in his uh, year plus with them. Not what we were expecting, Tony. Definitely not what I was expecting. I was expecting the entire team to turn around. As soon as Percy Harvin gets in uniform, we're obviously going undefeated. Easily. And that's not what happened, my friend. Yeah. Easily undefeated with Percy Harvin signing. Tony, that's enough of the bad. Let's talk about the good big week for Brandon Bean and the Bills. And they needed to make these waves. They needed to make these big signings because, as I put on Twitter a day or two ago, a screenshot of the ESPN front page NFL section, every top headline was an AFC team making a move, whether mm-hmm. it was Von Miller signing with the Bills, and we'll get to that in a minute here. Khalil Mack getting traded to the Chargers. Amari Cooper going to the Browns. Like Everybody in the AFC seemed to be making huge moves, and the Bills were just buying their time. And they were waiting, and they were waiting for the spotlight to be on them. And uh, Brandon Bean catches some big fish. I feel like all these moves they made, I like. And I feel like they were necessary to continue to be at a top tier, not only in the AFC, but in the NFL as well, because other teams were making moves and maybe not leaping the bills on paper, but creeping closer to them. So I'm super pumped to talk about all these guys. Just how overall... Are you feeling, obviously you're feeling good, I'm assuming, but are you feeling like this? these were necessary things Brandon Bean needed to do? We talked about in past episodes, making a big splash. We mentioned a guy like Chandler Jones, um, who went to the, another AFC team in the Raiders. But is this the splash? Are these the splashes that you were hoping Bean would make? Okay, so I would say that my emotions have been a pendulum, Matt, uh, swinging back and forth as the earth rotates between as the planets align (laughs) yeah between an astronomical pun intended insane level of optimism to the point where it's probably psychologically unhealthy for me to have so much optimism (laughs) yes swinging back to basically still optimistic but only seeing the shortcomings so for example in terms of the shortcomings and a huge source of the shortcomings is the JD McKissick situation. So mm-hmm. I can, so let's I'm start there. Okay. Yeah. Let's start there. Let's start on that pendulum. Screw that Swing my pendulum that way. Yeah. He can go to hell. So, <laughs> right. so like that is a major source basically of like where my psyche goes of like, okay, like we're doing all this and we're spending all this money 
but are we getting like where's the speedster that i was already all excited about the speedster playmaker that's gonna be a new wrinkle to the offense where's that where's that guy it's so calvin austin that guy. when we draft him oh don't even, i love calvin austin the third don't even joke with me about that so <laughs> so i'm like okay so where's that wrinkle of the offense like is that is that coming right and then of course similarly with the loss of levi wallace of course now that he's gone it's devastating, even though I was always, you know, hot and cold with him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now that he's now that he's rejected me, I'm like, oh, oh, I need you back immediately. I made a mistake. A and, scorned, scorned lover, ex-lover. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I'm, I'm the scorned lover with Levi Wallace. So I, I need I'm you back, that, Levi. Like, okay, so the pessimist in me on that end of the pendulum swing is like, all right, so are we going to get the speedster? Are we going to get our cornerback depth back? What is what has happened? Right. Why hasn't it happened yet? Let's get the show on the road, Bean. Why are you sleeping? Why are you eating dinner? Why don't you do this for me? Like, let's go. And then, you know, the other pendulum swing is like, well, I'm reading this stuff on Twitter and I'm reading it only increasing and getting better. Clearly, like this isn't even a question of it. it are we better than last year? This isn't even a question of are we going to win the Super Bowl? This is a question of are we one of, if not the greatest team in NFL history? This is if you, if you had the playoffs and it was us the, the 2021 Bills versus the 92 Bills versus the 72 Dolphins versus the 2000 Ravens. You're would we, would we, would next year's Bills team lose to anybody by more than, would we even win against anybody by less than 20? <laughs> so, right. so, I mean, that's the other end of the spectrum that I'm basically kind of feeling. And that's where I'm at. I mean, it, it's wild swings. The <laughs> yeah, JD McKissick thing swings. was, <laughs> was uh, a little worrisome. Uh, obviously had a verbal agreement, I'm assuming, <laughs> with the Bills to sign here. Uh-huh. And that would have been a perfect complement to this offense, a third down back who is great in pass protection, who's great out of the backfield, the playmaker we were looking for on third downs, a safety valve for Josh. And he goes back to Washington for whatever reason to play with Carson Wentz to join an organization that not only has a lot of off the field issues with emails and such, uh, but on the field issues with trading for Carson Wentz and blowing their whole salary cap on a very mediocre quarterback. So I don't know why JD McKissick would want to go back to that. Maybe it's a comfortable comfortability thing. I don't, I don't know. I do know. I want the bills to stop. And you can bring this up on the next fan advisory board, Tony, if you will. Um, Can we, and by we, I mean the Bills. Can the Bills stop going for guys with two-letter first names? It never works out, ever. Starting with OJ. OJ is a great oh. player, but off the field, obviously. JD McKissick, JD. Uh, JP Lossman, didn't work out. TJ mm-hmm. Graham, no. TJ Yates, no. TJ Yeldon, no. I'm I'm super glad. Oh, EJ Manuel. EJ yep. didn't work out. There's another two-letter first name. I'm super glad JC Jackson didn't sign with the Bills because... I think it would have been a bust based on this cursed history of the two-letter first names in this Bills organization. You are making a very valid point, and it is really kind of scaring me a little bit. I'm un- I am physically uncomfortable by what a great point you're making. It, it, you shouldn't feel uncomfortable, Tony, because we currently have no guys with two-letter right. first names on the roster. Right, yet. for now. For now, right, exactly. Who knows who we draft? That, that's troublesome. Exactly. Um, that is a little troublesome. But, Screw you, J.D. McKissick. You were going to work out here anyway. And I hope I hope it doesn't work out for you in Washington either. But that was a little troublesome that uh, a free agent would commit to the Bills and then decommit 
And it kind of, and I don't think we talked about this last week, and it kind of had me thinking in the back of my mind about the team's ability to lure free agents. And that's always in the back of my mind because it's Buffalo, right? Not the hotbed go-to spot of, you know, NFL players. But also, I don't think we talked about it enough last week or at all now I'm thinking about it, but Ty Dunn's article on Sean McDermott. And when the J.D. McKissick thing went down, I was kind of in the back of my mind thinking, oh, no, are players getting word of Sean McDermott and maybe Mm. his, I don't know the right phrasing, but how he might have not got along with other coaches and things like that. Like that, that's started creeping up in my mind. But obviously, that's pessimistic Bills fan in me, because based on the signings being made this week, that was not the case. So but I was scared for like a night earlier this week. Well, I was never scared because I know like you and like many of our fans moving is a huge pain in the ass. I wouldn't want to move either if it was if it was uh, the same contract. And you got to pack up all your stuff. It's awful. I know you got to find friends. I don't think so. Rent a U-Haul. Right. Go so slow. Drive drive all the way up. You got to go. You know, the drive from Washington to here. You got to go through the Pennsylvania Highlands. It's super scary. There's no lights. I yeah, mean, 18 I, wheelers coming at you, 60 miles an hour. Yeah, that and you know, you know what's happening no guard with the Beltway right now. You're telling me this guy has to take a U-Haul, navigate his way with all this stuff through the Beltway to get up here. Mm, I can, I can see with no financial incentive on that. I feel like I can see where he's coming from. I was half thinking, is the trucker convoy in DC half to blame for JD McKissick now wanting to come here? Well, like he's got to get through well, that that's, thing. That's to exactly come what I'm saying. Like I wouldn't do it either. Exactly what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a pain. Yeah, it's like, oh, I, these, it these trucks be. are sitting here for a while. I'll just stick right. around. I'll just stick around Washington. I'm not getting out anytime soon. Um, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh tony where should we start should we start with the new faces should we start with old faces returning should we start with faces that were here leaving where would you like to start or should we start with matt hawk we could start there too yeah i think we want to start there <laughs> are you happy he's back no i can answer no. that for you but i do uh, i mean i do have faith that that restructuring was opening the you know opening the opportunity for him to be in a competition so i'm just kind of thinking Yes. Well, if that competition comes through the draft, then that's my most uh, optimal, hopeful situation. I would love to draft who I would have in my mind immediately as, oh, well, this is the Tyler Bass of punting. Yes. Just because it was someone and drafted this, by Brandon Bean. You know? And you and you love this class for punters. I know. I Well, yeah. I mean, they're, they're heavily, real touted, big heavily hyped there. up. Big legs. I mean, they, there were some good performances, more than good performances at the Combine. And for some reason, like personality wise, everyone at the comment kind of like reminded me of Matt Hawk personality wise. So I'm like, well, if we're just going to get this guy, yeah, we're just going to get this guy, guy, then maybe we can get someone better. And it would be about the same for me, you know, on an emotional level. So I I don't know that that puts any confidence in me that these guys are reminding you of Matt Hawk, but well, they're reminding me of Matt Hawk in terms of just that they're normal, average looking white guys. Oh, so ninety nine percent of punters. Yeah, exactly. So all punters, yeah. not all punters, not named Percy Harvin. Shout out Percy Harvin <laughs> for the the Steelers, who I love. I would love for the Bills to get that guy. Oh yeah, of course. The, he is the the hefty lefty punter, if you will. <laughs> right, but I mean, until someone has the confidence to get a mustache, every punter is the same. 
basically. Right. Accord in my, to in my mind and mustache. heart. Yes. Precisely. And that's the extent of our punter talk. Listeners, thank you for joining us. Close it out. <laughs> we'll close it out. We're done. We're just talking about putters this episode. Tony, I, I know where I want to start with. Not the free agent okay. signings, not who got released, not who's coming back. I want to start with our sweet prince, our wing king himself, Ryan Bates. And I just want to send thank a message you. to you, Minnesota Vikings. You stay away from him. Step off. You don't go near him. You don't touch it. I am like the father who his daughter is going out for the first time with a boy and giving that pep talk to that boy. The Minnesota Vikings are that boyfriend. Yeah. Ryan Bates is my daughter. You stay you're over here cleaning him. a gun you don't know how to use. Right. On my sofa that has has been sat on for the past 48 hours straight, waiting for the arrival mm-hmm. of, of this boy. Of this sweet um, baby boy. Yeah, who will not be dating my daughter, who will not be signing Ryan Bates. Uh, Tony, this was the most troublesome news of the week to me. We could lose very, Ryan Bates. Very emotionally I am, jarring. I don't know if I can continue this podcast knowing he might not be in red, white, and blue next year. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the message doesn't, to me, go to Minnesota Vikings. They're professionals. They know what they would have. The, the minute he walks into the room, they're going to know that they're going to want to, you know, try and negotiate this, get this man away from us. The message is to Brandon Bean and the message is in the words of George Steinbrenner in the movie, the scout, whatever it takes, whatever, whatever it takes to keep Ryan Bates, here. whatever it takes, you keep Ryan Bates here, whatever it takes. Did you can you see how the we'll, team improved when he went in the lineup. Exactly. Exactly. Like, we would have been nowhere without him. on the wall. Nowhere. Mm-hmm. We might have not made the playoffs last year without Ryan. That's Bates. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Everything turned. Brian Dable probably Ford. would not be with the Giants if it wasn't for Ryan Bates. That's probably a good point. That's probably that, that one might actually not be hyperbolic. That might no, actually that be might true. actually be true. That might yeah. actually be true. So Minnesota Vikings, stay away from Ryan Bates. Brandon Bean, do whatever it takes to whatever keep Ryan takes. Bates. Mm-hmm. Trucker convoy, whatever to not let him <laughs> leave the city. Whatever it takes. Yes, yeah. I'll be chaining um, myself to the gate. Whatever. Yeah. He can't come in. The airport He's not terminal. going anywhere. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You are holding up TSA security. He cannot get through security. Yeah. Over my over my dead body. You are, you are Ben Minnesota. Stiller. You are Ben Stiller on the plane yelling bomb. Right. All, all, all your bombs. Yeah. Ryan Bates. You Bates can, and bomb. Just bomb alternate him. <laughs> Why can't I say bomb um, on the plane? Ryan Bates is the bomb. Nice. <laughs> I guess that's a good segue into faces that are leaving because Ryan Bates might be leaving. And I don't want to say that because I don't want to say it into existence. But right. um, this week we lost a couple guys. The first, Daryl Williams. As we talked mm-hmm. about last week, we lost John Feliciano. This week we lose Daryl Williams and Cole Beasley. Daryl Williams is kind of whatever to me. Like He played well in a contract year and then they took a chance on him. It didn't work out. So I'm okay, especially with the upgrade we're about to mention in a couple minutes here. Any thoughts on Daryl Williams or do you want to go right to Cole Beasley? Daryl Williams to me was just another, to me, offensive linemen like Daryl Williams are a dime a dozen. And even more, eight cents a dozen is, you know, even more plentiful is their story of coming to a team like Buffalo, performing really well or better than other people expected in a, in a system. And then kind of like they're a flash in the pan and then they're not that good anymore the next year or things have to continue to be shifted around. To me, that was Daryl Williams. I don't care that he's gone. He's just another one that 
five years later into this podcast, we'll be reflecting on in the game that we play at the opening, and that's kind of it. <laughs> when we hit episode 243, we will reflect on Daryl Williams being really... Yeah, and we'll say, we'll speak of his name with nostalgia, like, oh yeah, he was around. Remember, remember him? Mm-hmm. Remember Craig Urbick? Oh, Craig Urbick. I almost said him in the in the, in the uh, intro. He was a draft pick, though. He wasn't a free agent signing. Uh, I don't think oh, that's you're talking accurate. about the. I think. Oh, maybe you're right. I, Who am I thinking? I think I'm thinking Brad Butler. From... Oh, okay. There you go. I'm thinking other generic white. <laughs> <laughs> I was also going to say Jeff Hangartner was another choice of mine. Oh, yeah, he's maybe. Yeah, he's someone I would definitely confuse Craig Urbick and Jeff Hangartner and Trey Teague all together. Most people would. Most people Trey Teague. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Most people would. <laughs> Tony Cole Beasley also departs and this actually happened uh, a lot sooner than i thought he obviously asked to seek a trade bills gave him permission to seek a trade i thought a trade was imminent because i thought there was some value for cole beasley what this is telling me and in the fact that they flat out just released him a week and a half later was i don't know if there's a market for cole beasley out there and at least a trade market you think you could have we talked about it I mean, you got a draft pick for Lee Smith. You got a draft pick for Russell Bodine. Those those players are much worse than Cole Beasley. You couldn't have got a six for Cole Beasley? Interesting to me. Yeah, to me, I see this economically as like, well, the market fluctuates heavily in the first time in the first week of free agency. If Cole Beasley had requested this trade at a different time, uh, it might have been different. But this was a time when there are a lot of free agent wide receivers being tossed around and the market was overpaying for some and that kind of resulted in the market being open for a lot other a lot of others and then all of a sudden Cole is just like you know one of many guys in the mix uh with a high supply and lower demand um so for a guy like that who's gonna come in with a certain pedigree and have certain, you know, financial demands. Why would there be a huge market for Cole Beasley when you could probably do that? And also, we also know that this year is a pretty good year as far as maybe a more than pretty good year as far as wide receiver depth goes. So I could definitely see him not immediately. I could see people not like necessarily fawning over their need for Cole Beasley, but I I think that he'll get picked up somewhere by the Patriots yeah, yeah. basically is what I think is going to happen <laughs> after, after their debacle with that yeah, kicker. Right. I don't know if they want another, right. <laughs> that kind of type another. of person. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't know. I see Cole Beasley as adopting that role of some coach that's kind of like in an unstable situation is going to say, well, Cole Beasley was integral in developing Josh Allen. Maybe that's the magic juice we need for my young underdeveloped quarterback. And yeah, maybe could, that I young underdeveloped say. quarterback is a McCorkle. So, right. But it could be, yeah, that's kind of what I'm envisioning happen in the next couple of weeks uh, for Cole Beasley. And to that, I say good riddance. <laughs> good riddance. Uh, I, I, I'll say thank you, Cole. Despite what I think of him off the field, he did help usher in a new era of the Buffalo Bills organization and Buffalo Bills football. He was a big part of that. So I don't think, as I said last week, that can go unnoticed. But I think we've, as an offense, has have evolved beyond Cole Beasley. So I hope he gets his two fixed. I can't, wait for the, I can't wait for the diss track. I, I can't wait for the, the fallout from this. Him just ragging on Bill's Mafia probably on a diss track. I, I could totally see that coming to, into play here. I thank him for his time, but I think it was time to move on for both parties. I would agree with that. He was, I mean, I met him at camp once. He was extremely nice. He signed something for me. And this was when he first arrived. Yeah, he had not taken a snap yet for the Bills. 
he, he was super nice. But when you said that we've evolved past Bill Beasley, I would say that that's completely accurate. You know, and that's what the interesting part of it is like when we get these extremely likable and perfectly fitting draft picks in here, there's only 53 spots on the roster. I mean, eventually some people that you thought you liked just aren't good enough anymore. And that kind of is the case for Cole Beasley. This is time for McKenzie and Davis to shine and Cole Beasley. We can draft someone or get Hodges in here and it's, it's just not his time anymore. And I'm okay with that. I can grow with that. Yeah. Good segue. Isaiah McKenzie is back. Two years. Amen. Uh, 4.4 million. Amen is right. Uh, we love a little dirty on this podcast. We're big Isaiah McKenzie fans. And at a reasonable price, I thought he was going to get a lot more money. And and he's back in the fold. And is that a one-for-one replacement of Cole Beasley? They ran very different route trees last year. McKenzie running a lot of cross-the-field routes. Cole Beasley running a lot of short slants and um kind of meaty like short screens and things like that within like a five yard uh from the line to scrimmage area so i'll be interested to see with this mckenzie signing how this offense and dorsey's offense that is differentiates from last year because i don't think mckenzie and cole beasley is like a one-for-one swap i think they have very different skill sets beasley's a much more efficient route runner more crisp route runner Whereas McKenzie offers you a lot more speed than Beasley does um, and a lot more after the catch playability than than Beasley mm-hmm. does. So I'm excited for it. I think that's where this offense needs to get to is guys after the catch making plays. McKenzie offers you that stretch factor on those jet sweeps, which I love. So I, I'm very happy Isaiah McKenzie's back in the fold. And I kind of called it <laughs> like him doing the signings and in the area and doing hot ones. With Gabe Davis, I feel like you don't do that stuff and represent the Bills unless you're going to come back to the Bills. So I wasn't 100% surprised. I'm glad he's back. I'm super surprised at the the price point because I thought it'd be a lot higher. But what are your thoughts about McKenzie? One of my favorite moves of this journey that we've been on the past couple of weeks. I was so excited that he came back. I agree with you. I think that this is still a move that kind of like opens up. Cole being gone, like this opens up the opportunity for McKenzie to play a role in the wide receivers room, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily the same role as Beasley. Oftentimes McKenzie will be in the slot. Oftentimes McKenzie will be thriving in the slot and we're going to love him for that. Just like we always do. But I also think there's probably a player that we don't know yet. That's going to be coming along and playing like a different role. And sometimes it'll be McKenzie in the slot. Sometimes it'll be this other player in the slot and we're going to love them both. And they're not going to be Cole Beasley and I'm going to be all about it. And that's exactly what I'm looking for. Uh, but I love, I love Isaiah McKenzie and it's going to be really exciting. I'm always excited when he gets more opportunities because he always steps up and is, and makes a name for himself. And then all of a sudden Bill Cowher right. is always talking about him on TV. Have you ever noticed that Bill Cowher loves Isaiah McKenzie? He does. does he? So, I've never noticed that. Oh yeah. Who oh, doesn't? Keep an eye out for it. Yeah, I know. That's a good point. Yeah. Keep an eye out for it because whenever he steps up, Coward talks about it. Whenever he steps up, we talk about it throughout, throughout Western New York, but it's not like all the pressure's on him either. And I don't want it to be. So I'm very excited, especially at uh, his contract price, but I'm most excited that he was, that his attitude is, well, no, this is about loyalty. So that, that makes me really excited. And also like, you know, fills my heart a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Super glad he's back. Every time he touches the ball, seems like something positive. So I'm very excited to see how Dorsey can utilize him more. Because I think that's the one downfall is like we always say, 
why aren't we getting Isaiah McKenzie the ball? <laughs> so I'm mm-hmm. hoping he gets utilized more. Jake Kumro also back in the fold. Touchdown Jesus is back. Good thing. Good special teams player. I don't think we need to talk anything more about it. Good depth guy. Let's get to the new faces, though, Tony. That's the big Ooh. news this week from the front office. And let's start with the biggest name. There's a lot of big guys we can talk about, and I mean big size-wise. But let's talk about mm-hmm. the biggest name. The Bills signed Von Miller. Six years, $120 million. Tony, initial reactions when you heard this news? Well, I can tell you this. And I think that this tells you and the listeners what kind of move this is, because I'm basically telling my Von Miller story. Like, we're all going to share, where were you when this happened? Like, it's the assassination of Kennedy or something. Something so insanely historically important. And for me, I know... Will we always remember where I was when Von Miller was signed? Uh, I think so. I certainly remember the night Mario was signed. I certainly remember the night T.O. was signed. And I'm always going to remember being on Zoom on parent-teacher conferences. And in between parent-teacher conferences, I look at my phone as I'm waiting for the next parent to come on. And I see I have 35 text messages. And I know, whoa, what is this about? And then all of a sudden, it's just text message after text message of two words in caps lock, Von Miller. And I was really our, our, our in, group chat like blew up. Oh, it was insane, of course. And many, many like group chats 60 blew up. texts in like a yeah. five minute span. Well, yeah. And I think that didn't believe it. I was in a little bit of denial. I'm like, this can't be real. This is not anything even close to what I would have expected. And so I immediately head to Twitter. Seems like it is real. How am I expected to go on? How am I expected to do anything but think about the bills from here on out? analyzing and overanalyzing and trying to wrap my head around what these numbers mean, what the cap really is anymore. And that is, so I would say initial denial, cautious optimism turned into with the, with the huge contract turned into like a lot of questions that had to be answered his age, a lot of questions that had to be answered in turned into I'm incredibly excited that this is who the bills have become. I should probably book my hotel room for a parade Super Bowl parade situation slash, you know, flipping cars downtown right now. Oh, yeah. Easily. <laughs> the city's going to burn. <laughs> and, right. And, and gonna... Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> Yeah, in all the right ways. So that was it. Like, I'm I, excited. I am pro the Von Miller signing. I was on the, the same page as you. Like when it first came through, I was just, this can't be real. Like what Twitter troll ha- has a very, very close, similar looking account to like an Adam Schefter, where it's like one right. letter off. And right. Like everything looks legit. And that person posted it. And then just everyone ran with it. I'm like, that's got to be the case here. Ian Rappaport with with an E or something reported this. Mm-hmm. That, that was my first thought. And then Von Miller posted the Instagram video telling Bill's Mafia to get ready. He's coming. So it, it's crazy to me. I think it goes back to the notion that we see with all these free agents this year. And I think more so this year than any other year, Josh Allen has been our quarterback. But I feel like a lot of the free agents are talking about they're coming here because they want to play with Josh Allen. And despite not even being on the offensive side of the ball, like they just want to be on a team with Josh Allen. We love Josh Allen, obviously. We love his offensive ability. We love his dedication to Buffalo, his charisma, and Mr. Buffalo, we call him, obviously. But I think that was like the moment that cemented him as like the franchise quarterback for me is hearing guys like Von Miller and guys like Daquan Jones saying like, yeah, I, w- I came here to play with Josh Allen. 
Like that's such a good feeling as a Bills fan. It's a surreal feeling. It it almost doesn't add up because it was only, you know, right. It's almost a little too suspicious. What, like, what do you really, what do you really mean? Why are you lying to me like this? (laughs) Right. Yes, exactly. But I would say that because we've heard throughout the past couple of days, different versions of that, I don't care why they come as long as they're going to come play hard. So, and I, and so thereby I am liable to believe it for whatever their reasons are. Cause I don't know, not to, not to jump to other free agents, but I don't know if you listened to the Tim Settle press conference today where he said, where he was asked how much is the Josh Allen factor? How much was the Josh mm-hmm. Allen factor a factor? And he said, mm, like 10%, maybe. He's like, I don't really care what happens on offense. And so well, I don't know. This is honest. Just, right, exactly. I'm like, I'm like, I'm I'm almost happier with that because he's just he's here to make the bills part of his life. Whereas you right. know Von Miller is here to he he's got a one-track mind and that is Super Bowl. And I appreciate both for very different reasons. Um, but you know, both reasons and both mindsets for very different reasons. So right. and and I think both would yield success for both sorts of mindsets. So I think it's very exciting that there's a mindset that is saying they want to come because of who's already here. And it really kind of makes me relieved that the tumultuous times of most of our lives, you know, are over. It, it was and almost, so much good. Right. Yeah. So much good. There's just so much good. To look forward it's to. so good. It was almost serendipitous, surreal, whatever, however you want to describe it, that this happened almost to the day Maybe it was the same day as the Mario Williams signing. Another mm-hmm. just giant free agent splash that you never expected uh, a guy like that to come to Buffalo. So I did find that that very funny as well. But upon the Von Miller signing, and it was so surprising too, because it's it's kind of out of the norm for Bean. Like we've seen Brandon mm-hmm. Bean throughout his time here as a GM make very good moves, but also very... I feel like financially smart moves, finding guys that may be undervalued and giving them very reasonable contracts and then them coming here and performing very well. This is the opposite. Huge contract, uh, six years, 120 million. Essentially, it's a three year, like I think 53, which lines up very well for the young Mm -hmm. guys, because now you're after that three years, you can assess Epinesa and Rousseau and put Basham and if those guys are getting extensions or not, or if you're willing to move forward with them after Von Miller's initial three years but upon the von miller signing i was reading articles listening to other podcasts everything i could to to find out to cement i guess that this is real and i read a athletic article from joe basalia talking to the athletic rams reporter a guy by the name of jordan rodriguez i think i'm pronouncing that correctly i might not be but uh he talked about a story about when von miller came to the rams mid-season last year from the broncos and how Miller brought a replica Lombardi trophy, put it in the middle of the locker room, and everybody that walked by each morning, like for everyone that walked by or was in the locker room to see and wrote notes on it daily to get players motivated. The story is about him reaching out to Aaron Donald and getting Aaron Donald to reach another gear in his game, if that's even possible. But it seems like Von Miller was a big help in his short time in Los Angeles for Aaron Donald. And I love hearing that stuff. That's the off the field stuff that I think this team needs to make or take. Like we need a, a guy who's now won multiple Super Bowls to to really show maybe guys who haven't been there, who have been super close as this group of Bills players have, show them how to get over the hump to 
to unlock Ed Oliver's ceiling and how he can reach that ceiling. Like, I think this is not only a trickle down effect on the field, but off the field as well, which is why I like to sign even more on the field. He hasn't had a double digit sack season since I think 18. So, I mean, I think we're getting like a souped up Jerry Hughes here. Von Miller's pressure rates are super high still. Like his win rates are top three in the league, actually win rate Von Miller is. But guess who's fifth on that list of of win rates off the edge? Jerry Hughes. Mm. So when I say like a souped up Jerry Hughes, like I think a Jerry Hughes who can finish and get sacks and he's going to help whoever. I actually wouldn't mind signing Jerry Hughes back now that we have Von Miller. But everything I was reading about, just the type of person he is, what he brings to the locker room, uh, I was loving the signing more and more salary cap be damned luxury tax be damned like salary caps just a whatever imaginary thing this mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point the saints operated 80 million dollars over the salary cap and who cares like they won a super bowl nobody cares if they were over the salary cap or under i don't care about the salary cap so i hope bean doesn't either just go win it just go win it and uh this i think this move cements that attitude in terms of he's going for it here well man i think you said it all because That's kind of like my interpretation of it, too, is when you say just go for it. This was, as you said, an out of character type of signing for Bean. Bean is always preaching long term success. And you got to think that one of those years is going to be the the year that the cows come home. But he's also now this year showing signs of, hey, this is as open as the window is ever going to be. So let's just get it out there. And, and make some magic, make some risky moves, make some long-term dangerous moves that could hinder us in a time, but also will ultimately seem smart, something we can plan around. And that was like, you know, the like we always say, the six-year or the three years, see, or the six-year actual contract, it's not actually going to be six years. But what I really see out of this is time and time again, we've seen McDermott and Bean have that attitude of like someone needs to be in the room for the young guys to kind of show them the way to be stable as they're learning their way around the league. And now Von Miller can be another one of those guys where Jerry Hughes, you know, maybe was, but boy, can you imagine someone better than Von Miller to sort of play that mentorship role for a team that has three highly drafted defensive ends that need to learn their way around. And the benefit that they're going to receive out of this is also... Mm -hmm you know, maybe worth its weight in gold against the salary cap because of what they're going to reap out of having Von Miller in the in the positional room. And also Von Miller is also probably going to get a ton of pressure. And to me, the biggest piece of Von Miller, we said it in weeks past. And is that phrase to me, that's the most important. That was like the most important piece of this offseason that as free agency started, it's like kind of what you wonder, who's going to be the guy? Who's it going to be? Who's going to make the play when it's 13 seconds left and it's just your defense versus Patrick Mahomes? Who's going to be the one to step up to seal this thing for you? And we found out it wasn't Levi Wallace. And now Levi Wallace isn't on the team anymore. You know who it could be? A a living legend with two Super Bowl rings. His name is Von Miller. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. And now he's a bill for at least for three to six years. That's who it's going to be. And yep. And, th- and that's the difference. You know, we saw last season. That was the difference. Now we yep. know who it's going to be. Who's it going to be on the shoulders of and who's going to take it on their shoulders with ease. That's Von Miller. And that's the yep. reason that on the season opening, when the Bills public address announcer is going through the announcements of the starting players, and I know who's going to be announced last, it's Von Miller. And he's going to get the biggest, you know, roar of the crowd. Yeah. I'm, I'm really pumped up for that moment. I'm really pumped up for that moment right now, Matt. 
And it's because I know that's going to be the guy that was, that was who we were missing. And now he's here. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You also, you mentioned like hall of fame, two-time Super Bowl champion. Also dancing with the stars contestant, Tony. So don't forget Uh, about that. Family feud contestant. I've been thinking about that. $100,000 pyramid contestant. Wow. I mean, I know Stefan Diggs really steps up on the feud. I can't wait to see what Don Miller is bringing to the table. Now, did they play against each other? I don't know. I know. I can't wait. That's a good question. I only vaguely remember. I know. I only vaguely remember. remember. I kind of feel like maybe they did. Maybe like those are the teams. Maybe. We'll have to go back and have to go back and check the tape. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Check the tape. Big signing. Yeah. You're absolutely right, though. Finally, we have that guy. When Sean McVay was mic'd up in the Super Bowl, he said, Donald's going to make a play. Like, the coach knew his main guy was going to come through in the clutch. Like, we have that guy now where the coach can rely on to make a play with 10 seconds left, 13 seconds left. I don't want to say 13 because it brings up too many bad memories. But right. when but the Chiefs are the 20 to tie the game. That was yeah, the gap. No, you're right. That's the gap we're making up. We're filling the gaps. Tony, moving on. O.J. Howard as well, signed same day, kind of an afterthought of the Von Miller sign. One year, 3.5, love it. We talked about O.J. Howard as a as a target. He was one of my picks for offensive free agents. I want the Bills to target. So we talked about him a couple episodes ago, uh, so we won't get into it. But I like this as a guy who it could be another weapon for Josh, as another red zone target threat, a guy who can... Uh, supplement and, and spell Dawson Knox in two tight end sets really well. And a guy who might be, you know, this might be his last chance to be in the NFL, obviously athletic. So I like this OJ Howard signing. I'm not going to say too much about it because uh, we got some big names to get into as well here. But are you happy about the OJ Howard signing? Yeah, I mean, that night I was probably more excited about the O.J. Howard signing than the Von Miller signing after I kind of like got my head wrapped around everything. Uh, I'm very excited about that, especially that was like I was looking for some kind of offense, uh, a signing that was going to be an offensive change after the J.D. McKissick debacle. I was like, okay, so what's what's the new wrinkle going to be like? It wasn't it's obviously not this you know, dynamic speedster kind of receiver running back kind of guy that's going to be in the flat. So what I hope we do something else that's going to make it a little bit evolved from last year. And apparently, and in my mind, I'm like, well, now we do. It's going to be two tight ends. That's going to be this other super athletic, crazy tight end that's going to come in opposite Dawson Knox and, you know, and throw things a loop. So I'm very excited about the OJ Howard signing. It was just what my soul needed in that night. I'm probably going to get an OJ Howard jersey. He is going to be the godfather of my second child, you know, oh, wow. after Kendall Gaskins is the first. Of course. He and is Ryan my. Bates. He might be the third. Yes, now. Right. Um, <laughs> being an OJ Howard fan is my new identity. And uh, that's it. I'm pretty excited about I'm pretty excited about the signing. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. I think, I think, I think it's, it's going to be good, the, too. I don't, I don't think this is another like Jacob Hollister situation. Like, I think this is a much better, much higher level player than, yeah. than Jacob Hollister was. Yeah, I think so, too. And it kind of takes the burden off of, like if things don't go well with Cole or if like we need to take a little time to develop another slot receiver that we draft. It's like, well, OK, but we also have this, you know, even though it's right. not technically like a slot receiver, but that's OK. This can also this can also like bridge that gap a little bit. Yeah, that's a good point. Moving on to the big guys in the trenches. I think the biggest one, offensive lineman, Roger Saffold. One year uh, after losing Feliciano, after Daryl Williams, I think offensive guard was uh, a need for this team. And they moved quickly after the Titans released Roger Saffold. Pro Bowl guard, 33 years old, or I'm sorry, 34 years old, kind of like Von Miller on the older side, but still very, very good player. Still packs a punch. As I mentioned, Pro Bowl guard, 
seems to be much more of an efficient run blocker. Very good pass blocker. He's played tackle in his past, so he is it. But he's an Aaron Cromer guy. Like, he had his best years before the Titans with the Rams, with Aaron Cromer. So I, I wasn't surprised by this move when, when he got released, uh, that the Bills would bring him in. I really like this move. I, I really like this move at its face. I also hate this move because I wish it was for at least, like, like two or three years. I'm, I'm oh, mad that it's only one year. Um, I still think he has a lot of good football left. Okay. I see this as a Cromer guy. I'm more pessimistic about it than you are. Uh, I think that he's because I think that he has seen I think that there's mixed reviews on him coming out of Tennessee. That is, he passed Mm -hmm. as he passed the point of the excellence that we once saw him spewing out on an offensive line. Uh, I do see him as a Cromer guy. And basically, to me, this all hinges on Cromer. Is Cromer going to uh, resurrect the greatness that we once saw out of him? Or is this just going to be? another Daryl Williams situation, but more expensive. Uh, and I'm kind of afraid it's going to be another Daryl Williams situation, more expensive. I, I would say I think we know the financials behind it yet, do we? Well, I think I it's think more expensive. Out. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I just, we don't have yeah. like, actual numbers yet. So I'm sorry you're saying though. <laughs> I interrupted. Yeah. Um, so I would say that I would say that there's a, that there's a, I'm mostly expecting our offensive line to be good because of yeah. Saffold in here, because of Cromer in here. That's obviously a good match. So I'm kind of I'm kind of looking for that. I assume that Saffold will be good, but I'm not saying I'm not like actively excited about it. I'm like, okay. all right, good move. Yeah, I mean, can only get so excited for an offensive lineman, right? That's a good point. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I'm way more excited like, I, about Ryan Bates. I, I, yeah, if we keep him, of course. But Roger Saffold, to me, like he's obviously an upgrade from Feliciano, from Daryl Williams. I wasn't like crazy about it too, seeing his age, 34, mm-hmm. but looking into it more like we know if bean loves one thing it's a good raz score tony bean that's loves right. the raz bean mm-hmm. loves the raz and with roger saffold in the mix now like this o-line is the most athletic according to raz scores that mcdermott has ever had everybody is above a nine except deon dawkins who's a 7.9 and I don't even think that's right. That seems like an old score, maybe. But everyone on this line is now an athletic freak of nature, if you will. So I think that allows, we talk about like unlocking the full potential of this offense. I think that allows us to get closer to that, Dorsey to get closer to that. I think it helps Dorsey too, because now he has a versatile offensive line that is a much better run blocking offensive line now, probably a better pass blocking offensive line. And a line that can get out and move, like move the line of scrimmage, not keep it between the hashes, but get out in space and, and get to second levels. So I like I like the move for that. I, I think it gives Dorsey more to work with being a new offensive coordinator. Uh, I would agree with you. I'm I would say I'm going into this season as it is, assuming we're keeping Bates, uh, assuming there's at least one mid round pick going to the interior offensive line, I would say I'm pretty excited about the status of the offensive line. I'm feeling more than comfortable. I'm feeling like this is a good situation. But that all changes if we lose Bates. I'm feeling yes, that all, the complete yeah, if we lose opposite. Bates, right. If we lose Bates, it will be the worst offensive line I've seen in Bill's history. Um, <laughs> Langston Walker, Derek Dockery, be, be damned. Yeah, right. It will, it will all come crashing down. 
if the Vikings take Ryan Bates away from me. <laughs> Speaking of Derek Dockery, I, w- I was thinking about doing a, uh, for these free agent signings, like a Derek Dockery grading system. Like you mm. can just move four Dockeries. Oh, okay. And so Dockeries are a negative or Dockeries are a positive? Dockeries are a negative. Like, so one through five, five Dockeries are like Derek Dockery. Okay. So the worst. Okay. Okay. I thought about doing that, but I thought it might get a little might get a little confused. <laughs> Roger Saffold. I'm gonna also, use, I'm gonna do it uh, for the rest of the show. Oh, please do. Please run with it. Uh okay. <laughs> Roger Saffold also is uh the owner of a competitive call of duty team. So maybe this is a Josh Stefan Diggs Call of Duty Brotherhood. I maybe that's this team's thing is Call of Duty. I, I mean, I'm kind it. of thinking whatever. I'm kind team of thinking building exercises like, are fine with me. <laughs> yes, of course. I'm kind of thinking this is like a reverse. Uh, this is like a reverse grit. This is like a grift. You know, we Stefan Diggs thinks he's recruiting Saffold, but in reality, Saffold is recruiting Stefan Diggs. All of a sudden, everyone's <laughs> leaving the Bills just to play on Saffold's Call of Duty team. <laughs> I like it. I think that could be mm-hmm. the case. Uh, Tony, let's move on. A guy you mentioned earlier, uh, Brandon Bean did not settle for Tim Settle. I I really like like. I really like this signing. I think it's the right value for a guy who is still very young at 25, uh, who flashed at times last year for the Washington football team, now the Commanders. A lot of comparisons to a guy we brought back in Jordan Phillips, like same type of player, bigger guy who can switch between one tech and three tech, but he was known for his pass rushing ability and jumping the snap and getting in the backfield quickly. I think if you let this like if you let this guy work with that Oliver on third downs, like that could be dangerous. You had Von Miller to the mix now. All these guys, Von Miller, Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, who's more of a one technique, run stuffer esque. Like I mentioned it a couple podcasts ago, if not last podcast, I forget. I'm done with the rotation, Tony. Like I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if I want a rotation. Von Miller, you got him for two, three years here. Run him to the ground. <laughs> Just get the best out of him you can for these three years. And Oliver needs to be playing like 65 to 70 percent of snaps. Uh, this isn't this isn't your Quentin Jefferson's anymore. I even think like stars time is kind of up with these signings of Tim Settle and Daquan Jones. I, I really like these. I think Justin Zimmer's time's up. It's everything I mentioned comparable players of the past. Like this is every like. Percy Harvin was everything we wanted Roscoe Parrish to be. Like Tim Settle feels like everything we wanted Vernon Butler to be. Plus, its operation saved Tremaine Edmonds' career because they had both played at Virginia Tech. So I'm liking <laughs> the signing on all accounts here. I'm, what are your thoughts? I'm wait and see on Tim Settle. To me, it's going to go one of two ways. Either Tim Settle is the new Micah Hyde in that he's someone who, you know, was lower on the depth chart, being new yeah. something that others didn't. All of a sudden he comes here, becomes a stud just because he had the chance and the right setup for himself. And that could be him. Or he's the new Spencer Johnson. And it's just another another favorite body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just another big body that we're throwing in at DT to try and set up the rest of the defensive tackle, the defensive line, um, and hope that that works out. And then it won't. So that's kind of uh, what I'm seeing. I would say that, you know, he comes into his press conference, baby on his lap. He has his dad there, has a good attitude, has, is a bit of a charmer. I liked everything that he said. He seemed, he seemed excited and genuine. I didn't like at the end when he said, you guys are going to love me. And I'm like, "Mm." I don't know about that line. 
little pretend little little uh i guess pretentious, pretentious. if you ask me about his own <laughs> charm you know i mean if we think it's, it's pretension surrounding his own personality and charm like he did uh, he did do like the that, rick but, flair woo yeah i heard the woo i was like already kind of turned off at, i was already kind of turned off at the beginning because when he had his baby up there it was like <laughs> did you watch it or did you listen to it oh uh, yeah okay so oh. When he is, I was listening in the car. I t- you know what I don't want to hear when I'm in the car on my ride home? I don't want to hear a baby in the car, like I'm on a plane with a baby. And that's what I experienced and endured in my car was babies screaming surrounding me because this baby. What do you got to have babies? Because this baby kept screaming in the microphone. What do you mean? I don't, I have nothing against babies until they're screaming. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> then I'm like, all right, you got. I don't want the baby screaming around me. I don't know. That's just kind of my take. You can edit that out. The uh, are you are you correlating Tim Settle's Buffalo career to the behavior of his child, <laughs> or his potential Buffalo career to the fact that his kid's a screamer or a crier? No, not his if his kid was because... if his kid was perfectly calm during that press conference, didn't say a word, didn't make a noise, was perfectly content and calm. Would you have a better feeling about Tim Settle? Tim Settle's success in a Buffalo Bills uniform. No, because I would still just classify him as I did even before this moment as he's either going to be Spencer or Johnson or Micah Hyde. I have no reason to believe that he's going to be anything special. So oh. that's kind of where I'm at. And a hot take in that, but I that's just kind of where I'm at. Sure. That that's fair. Yeah. Um I thought you I thought you were going to say Larry Triplett, not Spencer Johnson, but no, I was more excited for Larry Triplett, you know. I was too. Larry Triplett he... was already established when he came. I know. And then he de-established when he got here. Right. I think he was very good. I, I don't know. Like, I think if this was a guy who was 29, 30 years old, I'd probably mm-hmm. have the same feeling you do. It, it kind of it kind of reminds me of like a young, like the feeling I had with Ty and Secchi, except like Ty okay, and Secchi good. was like 35, 35 years old, coincidentally from Washington as well. But here's this guy who hasn't gotten his chance much like you described with Micah Hyde that is really gonna that could really flash and shine for us so mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping that's the case like he, I watch highlights of him on Twitter throughout the week of him making plays and of course highlights are most of the time very good but I think I, I like his skill set and I, I think he's going to be a nice addition I think he's going to give give a dynamic that guys like Quentin Jefferson and Justin Zimmer I know you like Justin Zimmer I'm not the biggest fan um mm-hmm. vernon butler i don't think those guys gave you uh and that's a guy who can jump the snap get in the backfield be a very good compliment to ed oliver in rush situations so it, it is a wait and see approach they paid him like he's a depth guy so maybe he shocks us and you know plays above his contract which would be great obviously for the team on the field so um the more the one i'm more interested in is Daquan Jones uh, for mm-hmm. two reasons. A, I think as as a one technique, a run stuffer, he's a little older. I think he's 30, if I'm not mistaken. But they paid him to be a starter, like two years, 14 million. That's not like depth money to me. <laughs> like that's starter money. Tim Settle for comparison was two years, 9 million. I, I think this is interesting that I think they're paying him like a starter and it's in the word starter, but I don't think this bodes well for Star's future with the Buffalo Bills. To me, Star is already off the team. <laughs> to the you? Moves that, yeah, with the, well, I mean, not just emotionally, but with the moves that have been made so far and continue to be made. I mean, I even if we weren't disappointed 
on a level with star it's it's over like i mean this guy like he didn't step up we've signed we've totally reorganized and and reimagined this defensive line there's no room for star anymore he doesn't fit in here anymore and he's hasn't proved his worth in the time that he had here i mean we're looking at you know some big bodies in daquan we're looking at settle that can do um the one and the three technique we're looking mm-hmm. at obviously at oliver and now we're looking at Ogie Basham. Now we're exactly well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like now we're gonna be looking at the rotation, which you know, I like the rotation. You don't like the rotation. Now that I know Von Miller's in the fold, now I'm like, okay, I like I in a sense I like the a rotation here. And you know, a lot of those guys play inside sometimes, a lot of those guys play outside sometimes. Jordan Phillips is in the mix. This is what now I'm thinking of just like there's just there's just no room for star, and I'm more than okay with that. But to me, so to me, he's already He's already gone. It's over. Tony, his Star training Europe camp video was so awesome. Who, Stars? Yeah, the video where he, last year, everyone was like, what's going on with Star? And then he put out a video of him, like, training and looking like a beast. Mm. How many, if, so if we're fun. measuring this, I mean, yeah, if we're measuring this on content, you know as well as I do, Jordan Phillips is going to bring the content. That guy oh, is a course. favorite of all of ours. Yes. I think that's the final point is Jordan Phillips, <laughs> Shaq Lawson, bringing the band, band back together. I'm okay with these. Absolutely. One-year contract, prove it deals. They play their best football in a Bills uniform. They went and chased the money in Arizona and Miami, respectively. Uh, we mentioned Shaq Lawson last week on our rumors. Good to see these guys back in the fold. I think they're great depth pieces. Uh, um, veterans. And if Jordan Phillips is like your fourth defensive tackle, I think that's pretty good. So um, I'm pretty happy with I'm pretty happy with all the moves Brandon Bean has made. I think to sum it up here, to wrap it up, um, I would say that I agree with you. I'm my my take, and I and I like that we're basically looking at the Shaq Lawson Jordan Phillips situation as like all one entity. <laughs> yeah, because because I also see it as like this is one this is one entity. This is one move together. Right. Uh, I right. I associate package deal. And, Right. I associate them together and have for quite some time. And to me, like when Jordan Phillips went into his presser and ended with Shaq signed the contract and the way that Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson have kind of been talking, like to me, the subtext of him saying Shaq signed the contract was like, stop being dumb. We're coming home. Like, right. you know, like, like this is it. To me, that showed. Homeward bound. Their, right. To me, that showed their relationship. To me, that showed the way that you know they've been referring to buffalo as home or the, mm. i should say the bills as home and to me i'm like that just fills my bucket so much that like this is how they're thinking of it this is how they're just like it's almost like you know they've been aspiring to come back together for a while they once were lost and now are found and that to me is like you know in some ways i want the team that's the most the iteration of the bills that is the most successful to be all deserving and to me i'm like yes they just earned their keep with that like they are they are red white and blue in their hearts they are a tandem that looks at buffalo in a special way not just as a contract and i'm loving that it fills my heart it fills my bucket i'm so and i'm i'm really glad that they're back and that it's all going down this way and they're going to be nice pieces yeah i think that that's what we got going on uh, I think that's a great way to put it. I have literally nothing else to say. I couldn't agree more. Tony, we huge episode. We talked about uh, we got to save some stuff, though. I mean, this can't be our like swan song final episode. We got to save some stuff for next week. <laughs> uh, what do you say we wrap it up here? Wrap it up. Wrap it up. 
Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but my drink is so delightfully cold thanks to Traveling Growler. And since we know place to go, keep it cold, keep it cold, keep it cold with a Traveling Growler koozie. Koozie starting at just $5. Check out www.travelinggrowler.com today. And now back to the show. We talked about a lot tonight, uh, but thank you as always to our sponsor, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Koozie's starting at just $5. They got something for everything to keep your beer cold. Koozies for bottles, cans, growlers. Check them out. Tell them we sent you. T-shirt store, teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Support the podcast. T-shirts starting at just $20. The The winter weather is leaving us. The summer weather is right around the corner. 60 something, 65 ish today. Tony, get a cool t-shirt from the Witty Not Funny apparel store. Uh, We have hoodies, tanks, long sleeves, uh, if the t-shirts aren't your thing, but check us out, support the podcast. Where to find the podcast? You can find the podcast anywhere you find podcasts to listen to for free on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network at Built in Buffalo underscore, or you can search Spotify, iTunes by searching Witty Not Funny, all one word, iHeartRadio, we're on everything. We always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for listening, for checking us out. If this is your first time listening, hope you liked it. Hit us up on Twitter, uh, at WoodySports716. Tony, where can the listeners find you on Twitter? Uh, at Tony J. Ambrose. Tony J. Ambrose. Amb- Ambrosia. Uh, yep, Tony J. Ambrose. Tony, Tony J. Ambrose. Tony J. Ambrose. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Tony J. Ambrose. I lost my train of thought, so that's why I'm stalling. Uh, Tony Jambrose at Woody Sports 716, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook page, if you don't have any of those other social media sites, and at Built in Buffalo, of course. Uh, Tony, send out for the listeners. What do you have on this fine free agent frenzy week for us? You know, I, I what I want to say is kind of just like what I'm hoping, and that's okay. buckle up because we're just getting started. Buckle up is right. I that's a good way to put it. We're just getting started. Drafts around the corner. Exciting time to be a Bills fan uh, with all these signings and all these fresh faces coming in and aspirations being made. Uh, as we always say on this podcast, stay witty out there, everyone. Go Bills. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. Bye. Marshawn is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's still swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com 
and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL.